gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello there. It is episode number 143 for Future Considerations. The dog days of summer is bloody hot, but we're loving it. This is John. My friends Matt and Manny are here. Guys, how's your summer going? Well, I'm in a bad mood, but... uh... What else is new? I don't know. What else is new? But it's been fine, John. Who's standing on your lawn now this time? (laughs) Nothing. It's dead. (laughs) There is no more lawn. I'm just going to pave it over. Well, I just got in from lounging in the pool. So this is great. Who are those people that went into the change room back there? (laughs) They still haven't come out, though. So I've got to figure out who those people are. Maybe call the cops on them. (laughs) I don't think it's very stable. It keeps moving back and forth the walls of that thing. Why are you mad? Because I'm mad. Are you mad? I'm mad. Okay, good. How are you feeling, John? Wow, I was feeling good till a few minutes ago. Now I feel like I should be really pissed about something. <laughs> you yeah. should be. What's wrong with you? How is Lou Whitaker not in the Hall of Fame? My oh, goodness. Wow. Look, I attended a great game on Saturday. Yeah. Or at least as much as I can remember from it. <laughs> the Tigers beat Tampa Bay 9-1. Actually shellacked their best pitcher. He did. Side note, I'm 3-0 and at Tigers games this year. Uh-oh. Three and zero. Oh. That's pretty good. And and some teams too. Yes, you beat the White Sox on opening day. The Padres. You beat the Padres, and and now you b- beat the Rays. Yeah, that's and, all right. In fact, in fact, uh, we have <laughs> out, the Tigers have outscored those three opponents in those three games by a score of twenty four to nine. Wow! I smell a pennant. <laughs> that's a side note. Anyway, that's a side note. The Tigers should be paying me to come to the ballpark. But that's yeah. a side note. They come over Clearly. and rub your forehead or something? Exactly. Yeah. Rally Goose, the Rally Manny. <laughs> come on. Like, come on. As long as you However, don't walk, or walk into a sign or something or fly into something. Oh, I did that a few times. You had enough Saturday. copper crafts, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Lou Whitaker. Yeah. Gets his number retired. It's now on the wall in Comerica, beautiful wall next mm-hmm. to Tram. Tram was there on Saturday night for the ceremony that honored Sweet Lou. And I'm standing there watching the ceremony as they put up the stats and go, how the hell is this guy not in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Does he need to win a championship? Well, he's won a championship. Mm-hmm. Is he a good defender? Three gold gloves. In fact, his defense is Comparable to Ozzy Smith, who's in the Hall of Fame. Heard of him? Yeah. Is he a good hitter? Four silver slugging awards. Not a lot of second basemen. We got that. His war. Okay. If if you want to look at the new yeah. metrics of baseball, about the analytics, Manny. Yeah. His war seventy five point one better than 139 Hall of Famers currently, Mm -hmm. including 15 second basemen, Mm -hmm. including Ryan Sandberg, Uh including Jackie Robinson. Preach. Come on. How is Sweet Lou not in the Hall of Fame? I've been sitting 
And this has been burning a hole in me, John, for three days. I can't even remember now. I was so drunk. I was pissed uh, off on I, Saturday. I assume that was the ballpark Franks that were kind of burning a hole in something. <laughs> yeah. But I can imagine you being pretty upset about this, too. You know what? Kiefer didn't try a ballpark Frank again. Oh, this guy. Kiefer's 0 for 2 in being cool at Tiger Games. <laughs> I got well, he got my ass home, so I okay, gotta give him right. props. One and one. Uh, one and one. <laughs> I, I gotta give him props. He did uh, he did meet a nice lady in uh, in line when we were going to get hot dogs on opening day. So I guess he's two and oh. And the Lou Whitaker jersey is his that he gave for you. Oh, well, so that's Kiefer, nice of him. Now Kiefer's that's two and nice zero. Yeah, he's two and zero. That's my. Where is he right now? You gotta get him on the show. Let's call him. Can we do? Can we call people into this show? Do, we have, a, we, do we have a hotline? Of course we can. In fact, I tried to get him to come on. Yeah, yeah. But he's helping his dad uh, deforest his yard. So he's trying to be a good guy. What a nice guy. He's a super nice, nice guy. guy. I'm telling you. We should Man. just do a good news segment on this podcast. You know why I'm in a great mood tonight? Why are you I know Kiefer mood? W. of No Fixed Address. <laughs> That's why you're in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping he didn't send in the song for today. Uh, I don't know. Rashad, can you give us an inside scoop? Did Kiefer oh. submit the song? Uh, let me see here. I don't think he did, did he? So this is going to be a banger episode. This is. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he did not. No. Oh, okay. See? Oh, Good yeah. Stuff. Hall of Fame episode is what this is. Oh, sweet Lou. <laughs> hey, a couple of programming notes. First, this will be our only episode of this week. No overtime is needed. No. Secondly, though, and this is going to turn everybody's night around. We are going to have our first ever for future considerations NFL fantasy football pool. Woo! We're wow. getting in the pool. Sound the alarms. Come that on, Rashad. That's- yeah. <laughs> so for our first pick, knowing what I know about the NFL, Joe Namath. Okay. So John is not controlling our draft. Only in the Susie Colbert Fantasy (laughs) Football League would Joe Namath be the number one pick. So watch for a link on our social media accounts, Podcast FFC, on Twitter and Instagram, for future considerations on Facebook. We will share information on how you can join the league and take on the three of us in fantasy football. We will control one team. Okay. And then everyone else who wants to join in on the fun can challenge us and try to win the football league. And if there's one thing I know about Matt is if you try to veto a trade, he loves it. Loves yeah. it. So I've, the, I was going to say the last time Manny and I teamed up in a fantasy sport, oh. we like you think the Yankees are doing well in baseball right now. <laughs> we put together an, just a. An, a team of just knockers that just crushed that whatever league it was we joined. We were the only Canadian team in this North American league. Dominant. 
dominated to the point where we grabbed champagne and celebrated at the end of the season. We did. And then, like John mentioned, we were in a hockey pool after that, really well-organized pool by our friend Manny here, who uh, only made two minor changes or, or, uh, I guess, uh, adjustments to the the rules of the league that uh, one other member jumped right on and and tried to swipe the league from everybody on. So uh, he won't be part of this, but uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> so pay attention. The draft will be coming up soon. Um, it doesn't matter. Night. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are located in the world. You could be in Los Angeles, our good friend in California. Oh, you hear that, us. Curtis? <laughs> you could be in England or Germany. Where's our good friend who we used to work with, Owen? He's in Germany, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's a fan of the podcast. I I was just on a Zoom call with a friend of mine from Finland this week. I'll get him in there. Timo, he would be good at it, too. There we go. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's first come, first serve. Try to fill the spots in the league, and we'll have a draft. And maybe we'll have like a bonus episode on draft night or something. Is Kiefer going to be in this league? Because yes. I'm just going to let him win. Yes, he is. I, oh, you're such, I you're in such he, a good mood. I know. <laughs> He's going to pick all Raiders. And they're they're going to be really really bad, and then he's going to try to convince us that that David Carr actually had a good year, and, and then he didn't, and then it's going to be fun. And we're all going to drink the Hiawasa like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be great. Uh-huh. I was going to say about Kiefer though. We have to make sure that he's available on draft night, that he's not rescuing puppies from some sort of a burning building. That's or, true. Right, right. That's true. He may he's, be performing baptisms. Guy. We won't be able to, to do it. He's such a hero. He turned Matt's frown upside he's down. In. And now Matt is in a good mood. It's true. It's true. When do you think Aaron Rodgers really fell off the edge? Has this <laughs> always been a thing with him? Or like, I feel like this is, and I think there's there's true science to this. I, was this Olivia Munn's doing? No, or was it Olivia Wilde or which which one of the Olivia? Olivia, Olivia Munn. Okay, then it went Danica Patrick. Okay, and then it went his most recent one. Yeah, that's Cheyenne LaBeouf yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No, that's somebody else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name? Her name's Cheyenne, something like that, isn't it? Oh. Rashad, you know this. <laughs> no, oh, I don't actually. You know this. Come on, Rashad. What's her, what's her name? She was Rashad, in the, you know. Was she in the Shailene, Hunger Games or something? Is it, wasn't it Shailene Woodley? Shailene oh, Woodley, yes, yes. Yes, I do know See, that. Rashad. Yes. See, so it's her? I, I blame her. Okay, I yeah. think it all started after he lost Olivia Munn. And since then, it's just been a, and now he found the the key to the he found the gatekeeper and he's the key master and and it all went went down the down the drain. <laughs> you were a big Shailene Woodley fan, weren't you, Rashad? Oh yeah, she's great. She's been in a few good movies. What was she in? Was she in the Hunger Games or one of those things? Or uh, Divergent? Divergent, yes. right? Yes. Wasn't yes. that Divergent? Divergent. Yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That show was crazy. That's why she's crazy. Yeah, that's why he's crazy. <laughs> Apparently. She was also in that other show that was really popular there that had Nicole Kidman and uh uh I just remember her being in the in the series or the movies that all ended with Ent, like Divergent, yeah. Allegiant, yeah. uh yeah. some she other was series. Like, but it wasn't it like this it was like the Hunger Games, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the crazies. He is. He is. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to debate this week. 
But before we get going, a sports history note. Tuesday marked the 34th anniversary of Wayne Gretzky's trade from the Edmonton Oilers to the LA Kings. It was August 9th, 1988. And do you guys remember who he was traded for? Oh, I know it was, was it 25 or 15 million? 15. Was it 15 million? There was three first round picks. Yep. And there are two players, but I can't yeah. tell you who that's going to be. I know one. I had to look it up just now. I know Jimmy Carson was one. Remember Jimmy Carson? Oh, okay. That's that's who I always remember. Okay. Jimmy Carson for Gretzky. The guy I always forget is Martin Jelena. Oh, okay. Was part of that deal. Yeah. Do you remember who the other Oilers went to L.A.? Uh, no clue. Oh, went to L.A.? was one. Oh, yeah, okay. McSorley was one. Uh, Mike, Mike Krushelniski? Yeah, good oh, job, Rashad. Way man. to go. Well, he the asked us the question. He should know. So, <laughs> job, I don't know. Rashad. Who was it, John? No idea. Okay, <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's etched in my memory forever because we heard about it on the radio. I was working out in the middle of nowhere. My parents ran campgrounds in the middle of uh, the country. And then we had regulars who came who were huge Oilers fans. And they would not believe me when I told them Wayne Gretzky had just been traded. They kept saying that I was screwing with them. And I had to get my mom to tell them before they would finally <laughs> believe me that Wayne Gretzky had been traded. <laughs> no. Mom, mom, yeah. will you tell these people I'm right? You're gonna listen to her, right? Mom, it's no. not a bad haul, really. You know, when you look back at it, what do you mean it's not a bad haul? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest player of all time. Hey, we're shot. Yes. Spell crucial Nisky. <laughs> uh, let me open a browser tab. <laughs> it Carry starts with a K. I know that. <laughs> it's a K and not a C. That's as far as I know. Oh, uh, that's a good history lesson, though. Good job, Rashad. Yeah, that's well done. How, so what was day? What was day? What's that date? It was uh, 88. August 9th, right? Yeah, August, 88. 34 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Yep. Holy crap. And speaking of the greatest of all time. Um, I don't know. I guess there's just a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? I don't know. I'm getting closer to the light. So that's... <laughs> yeah. So that's like lately that's been <laughs> that's been it for me. I can't wait to get to that light. <laughs> I know you're joking, but can you? I'm not joking. OK, so then explain to me what what the light is to you, what the light represents. Freedom. Serena Williams has announced she'll retire after the U.S. Open. Her resume includes 23 Grand Slam titles, 73 career singles titles, four Olympic gold medals, and 14 major doubles titles with her sister Venus. Where does Serena rank among the all-time great athletes? Oh, she's she's top five easy. Easy. Like, easy. If, if you think about athletes who transcend sports, like athletes who are synonymous with their sport, you know, if we talk about hockey, we think of Gretzky. Yeah. Basketball, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, boxing, Muhammad Ali, right? Yeah. Tennis, it's not even female tennis. It's tennis, period. Yeah. You think of Serena Williams. Yeah. Um, I read a stat Tuesday that I f- could not fathom. She was number one in the world for 319 weeks. 319 weeks. Crazy. Yeah. 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. And um, she came from Compton. <laughs> like, she overcame long odds. Yeah. Like, all you have to do is talk to uh, Ice Cube or Snoop Dogg, yeah. and they'll tell you how hard it was to get out of Compton. Serena Williams did. Yeah. As a young girl. And dominated the tennis world. Easily top five greatest athletes of all time. Well, and I remember they mentioned it in the movie that Will Smith was in. And uh, I remember it at the time, too. Her sister Venus came up first and she dominated. And then everyone said, well, guess what? Her younger sister is going to be even better. And you're going, what? (laughs) And boy, was she ever. Yeah. Well, that's what I I was uh, seeing as well. Like the active player closest to... Serena Williams singles halls right now is Venus, but Venus has seven grand slams and Serena's got 23. And we were talking about this last week about how impressive it is and the men's rivalries and and all that such in in tennis. I don't think there is one in women's because she was just, she was so so dominant. 70.45 winning percentage against women who have been, ranked number one in the world. She is, she beat them 70% of the time. Anybody that was ranked number one, she dominated the best of the best. And Rashad, didn't she play when she was pregnant? Uh, yes, briefly, yeah. So yeah. she played when she was pregnant. Yeah. She overcame pulmonary embolism like a decade ago, too. Yeah. That yeah. could have almost killed her. Yeah. And that was a decade ago, and she was still at the top of her game, competing and battling and winning, yep. as you pointed out. Yep. She was, because she wasn't active, and that was 2010-2011, she was ranked 176th in the world, because she just wasn't active. She oh, wasn't because playing, of the so she's dropped literally to the bottom. Yeah. bottom. Calendar year later, number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Ridiculous. Unreal. Um, another testament how good she is is she was able to often when she started playing a little bit less towards the end of her career she would just play her way into shape in a grand slam nearly lose the first couple of matches and then come back in the in form later in the tournament and win it all it's just incredible and now let's move on to baseball and there was a bit of a controversy on the weekend here comes Merrifield After review, the call on the field is overturned. There was a violation by the catcher. Runner is safe. Toronto will retain no challenge. There was a violation by the catcher, I think is what Alan Porter said, and Rocco Baldelli is livid. I'm sure Baldelli is saying he's got a right to be there if he's catching yes. the ball. It's one of the worst moments I think we've seen of umpiring in any game I've ever been a part of in baseball. And I think it was pathetic. That's Twins manager Rocco Baldelli complaining after a video replay overturned an out call at home plate because it was ruled that Gary Sanchez blocked the plate and didn't give Whit Merrifield a lane to the plate. What do you guys think of that rule? So, two two part answer to this one, John, and I appreciate you asking this one. You're a former catcher, <laughs> um, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, number one, this rule is stupid. It is. 
uh, no, and this is God bless him, but it was Buster Posey who broke his leg in one of those scenarios, and and in something I've never seen in sports, the rule changed almost instantly because in the hundred and whatever year history of baseball, a catcher broke his leg on a slide at home plate. And so they changed the rule and nobody understood what the rule was. I still don't think they understand what the rule is. And the rule doesn't make any sense. The catcher's job is to protect the plate. Now, and I understand where the arguments come from at all of the other bases. The first baseman cannot stand on the baseline and block the person getting to first base. You cannot do that. That There's more than fair. But it is first base. It's not home plate. It's not where the runs are scored. I agree that this was overturned because he did not have a path to home plate. I don't think this rule should exist. And I think if you've got to play at the plate, Whit Merrifield should put his shoulder down and level Gary Sanchez like the sister from a league of her own laid out Gina Davis and she dropped the ball and he would have been called safe, like good old-fashioned baseball. So, no, I, I agree with the call that it was changed, but the rule is, is, is useless at this point. Hey, Blue Jays fan, I want to hear from you. Yeah, just, um, so just so I'm clear, Matt, good call but stupid rule. Stupid rule, right call right based call. on the rule. Right. Yes. That was yeah. overturned. That should, He did not have – he was blocked to get to home plate. Should a catcher be able to do that? Yes. Should a runner coming through be able to level the catcher who does that? 100%. I have to say I agree 100% with Matt, even though I'm a Jays fan. You have to be able to block the plate. That's the whole point of being a back catcher. You have to prevent the run. So what are you guys talking about? Then the the play should have been overturned. No, it was overturned. They overturned him out and called him safe. Yeah. So, But you're saying that the catcher should be able to block the plate. I'm saying he should be able to block the plate, but the rule is that he didn't have a pass. So, so I don't I think he should have been safe because of the definition of the rule that he blocked the plate and did not have a path. I don't think the rule should be in existence because I, I don't have a problem with Gary Sanchez doing that. Ultimately, my problem is that Whit Merrifield can't do anything about it. So you're putting this rule in place that Gary Sanchez could basically lie down sideways and lift his leg up and down and you can't do anything about it. Like if he wants to do that, you should be able to go right for the nuts and and drop that guy. That's that's what I'm saying. If you don't like the rule, then you shouldn't like the call either that it was overturned. But the rule, the way that the rule is written is right. No, that's this is all. This is the Buster Posey rule, as you mentioned. It's rule 7.13 in the rule book. That's okay? this guy. So I looked this up. Uh-huh. So you cannot block the plate if you don't have the ball. Right. Okay. You need to have possession of the ball mm-hmm. in order to block the plate. Yes. Or if you have to move over to catch to the ball it, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The video replay clearly shows that he has possession of the ball and he can slide in front of the plate. There's no way that call should have been overturned. He should have been out. The Blue Jays should have lost. The Twins should have won. 
Rocco Baldelli should be a hero in Major League Baseball for bringing this up. And the rule is stupid because nobody understands it. Nobody understands it. I had to go deep in the weeds to find rule 7.13 to find the definition. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. It, none, the rule doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's, there's no other you know, rule in baseball. And I guess you're kind of getting into like not being able to touch the quarterback and not being able to touch the goaltender. Right. This is and, all about and, player safety. And, and they, all of this. Right? I, I just, this rule, the fact uh, and how quickly it was implemented right after it happened and, and became an instant thing was one of the few, I think, if any, rule in baseball that just automatically happened right away and everybody had to kind of adjust. And I believe it was mid-season yeah. that they put it in. But yeah, like that's that's the rule. And the fact that you, if, if you're going to play by that rule and the rule that you you read is all well and good, and that's okay. If, if that's the wording of the rule, then that's great. But Whit Merrifield should be able to do something if the catcher is doing these things. That's my biggest problem. Totally, 100%. I totally agree that. But he didn't. So he should have been out. Twins should win. They should still be playing the damn game. Go Twins. (laughs) You know what I've learned, Manny, all this week? Researching Lou Whitaker stats and researching that rule and did nothing else. Pretty much. That's basically. I was over on Sunday. (laughs) I was floating in my damn pool, looking on my phone, getting getting stats. He's just yelling, Shannon, can you believe rule 7.13? I stand right here, Shannon, and you're going to block this floaty. Right? And I'm going to try to tag the floaty. Like, I, I just got done looking up Blue Whitaker, and then I look up at my TV outside, and they're arguing over this chicken shit call. And so I had to go back on my phone and look up this damn rule. God. At least we got one person on this show that hates baseball. Yeah. <laughs> at least it evens things out. Yeah. <laughs> What was I tweeting about at baseball? I haven't tweeted for Oh, yeah. You know what? That was a Go great to, tweet. Go to the side of that. I hate baseball. And why are pitchers Damn pitching? That's, and, why? You sh- that's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that is literally embarrassing. That is worse than putting in the third string goalie who was selling peanuts in section 103 to, to play net. And you still got, beat the Leafs. You got guys. Yeah, the, <laughs> a couple times. Uh, you got guys that. This guy that was throwing for for whoever the the Rays on Saturday, his pitches, his gas that he was throwing was forty seven miles an hour. Now I haven't been to a radar gun in a long time. I'd be really interested to see what I what I could hit. But I could tell you for a fact that in my late twenties, early thirties, I threw around sixty eight to seventy. 
Do you know what so, the best game was at theme parks, by the way? I, I know yeah, you're going yeah. off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. When you throw the ball and oh, you can yeah. win a baseball helmet. I know. Or they had the pennants. Yes. Yeah, that was sick. I played that all the time. Yeah. Won helmets and pennants galore, yep. whether it was Canada's Wonderland or Cedar Point. Anyway, you just reminded me of that. Go on. It was a great so. game. They still have those. I still, I, I, they got one at uh, Comerica Park. Do they? Yeah. They you were, could throw the ball and win a helmet? No, there's no winning or anything. They just want you to give them $8. Oh, so you come throw on. The ball three times. But I got to no, win something. They still got them downtown, the riverfront, when they do the festivals. Okay. That's still down there. But yeah, like this guy was throwing 48 miles an hour. So. I gotta go deep in the weeds for the rules here. What's the rule on that one? It's, You're only allowed to do it in the ninth, or it's what six is it? runs? Uh, my my good buddy uh, Josh, who I normally don't agree with on Twitter because he gets a little a little hyped up, but the rule is that you have to be up or down over six runs, and I believe that's the only stipulation to it because his addition is to change it to ten, and you can't do it until the ninth inning. Okay, but like you're telling me, you want us to pay forty dollars on average for a ticket to go see a major league baseball game, and and near the end of the not even the end of the game, near the end of the game, you're going to get the second baseman to pitch, and he Throw gives 47 up forty-seven miles per hour. He gives up two singles and then a jack. And by the way, Jonathan Scope, I know it's been a rough year. Don't you dare smile running the bases after you hit. Don't you high-five a single friggin' person on your team. It was you, Sweet Lou Day. Don't worry you, about you it. You take that helmet off and you go back into the clubhouse. And if you want to high-five the assistant and the traveling secretary, that's fine. But don't you dare hit a home run off the second baseman throwing 58 miles an hour like you're at the Chicharo Club on Tuesday nights. <laughs> Slap shot. You should and feel shame. High fiving the third base coach. Hey, that's number three this year. What? That's ridiculous. Oh, we love baseball, John. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. We love it. If you want to know? It's funny. I tweeted out afterwards about how I hate MLB TV because in the commercial breaks, there's only three friggin' highlights. All oh, right, they do I've the seen, same one over. I've and seen over. Bryce Harper at a grand slam in a regular season game to tie it. All right, relax. The game's been around for 110 years. And then, like, 25 minutes later, my internet dropped out, and it was, like, circling. Like, MLB TV just shut me out. <laughs> Boys, I, I got disconnected from MLB TV. That's awesome. But it's all well and good, so we can watch this shit. What do you want to talk about now, Rashad? Well, Matt, it's another baseball question. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> all right. Chris in Royal Oak seems to know you guys are Tigers fans. And Chris wants to know if Miguel Cabrera should retire after this season, after he seemingly went back and forth with the media last week. Hmm. Hey, Miggy. $34 million. Do you really need another $34 million payday? Like, go spend time with your kids. Rest your knees, because you've got not one, but two bad knees. Just call it a career this year, bud. Don't worry about coming back. The team's not going to be playoff ready next year either. Just call it a career. You went to the All-Star game this year. You're going into the hall. Enough's enough. I agree. <laughs> Although for me, I'd probably play another year just for that money. But he, well, that, he should yeah. not. <laughs> That's the only argument. Let me tell you why he's got to play another year. Oh he might play God. a year after that. 
He has to pay $20,000 a month in child support to an ex-mistress that he fathered two children with. He had to pay off her million-dollar house a couple years ago. And he also has to pay for health care, tuition, daycare, extracurricular activities, vacations, and $5 million life insurance policies for the two kids. He's going to need all the help he can get. And a second reason, because Chris Illich spent a shit ton of money, and this is what he gets, and now we have to chicken our way through getting guys, and we have to skimp our way through and build this terrible team. So you know what? If I'm Miguel Cabrera, I play one more year. Every time I go to home plate, I look up at that owner's box, and I give that guy the middle finger saying, thank you very much for taking care of me and none of these other guys that are in this building. And apparently his kids, too. And his his mistress's kids. They're they're excited about it, too. No, that, it's it's it is hard to watch, and I think we we all knew it's, as Tiger fans, and this was I think day one when he signed that deal. This this was absolutely premeditated. We we knew this was coming. Our hope as Tiger fans was there was a World Series somewhere in the middle, and right. it would have been all worthwhile. It just never worked out that way, and and it's painful to watch. I'm not even sure. And I, I love Miguel Cabrera. He's, you know, one of my all time, if not my all time favorite Detroit Tiger, the, literally the best player I've ever watched as a Tiger fan, wear a Tiger uniform. I just, I don't even know if he's much of a coach locker room guy for some of the younger kids. I don't, I don't know. He's a, he's a goofy, lovable guy, but I really don't even know if he's bringing that kind of like leadership, you know, leadership in yeah. in the room. I, to me, it's just it's it's hard. It, but it is hard to watch. I, I feel like he's a proud enough guy to realize where it is. But I also think he wants what Albert Pujols was getting this year, announcing that last year and getting a bit of a tour for the year. That's why I, I truly, I think he'll be back next year, but I think he's going to be one of those that makes it very, very clear at the beginning of the year that, that he's going to be done. So he can have his year of celebration. He's got 34 million reasons to stay, but I'm more concerned about his legacy. And I, Mm. like you, we knew what we were getting into with him. Um, And, you know, our, our good friend, uh, from the Ghost of Ernie uh, mm-hmm. Twitter account, posted a great moment between him and uh, the Yankees closer, Mariano Rivera. One of the best at-bats I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Period. In all of baseball, in the history of baseball. Yeah. In the ninth inning, Miggy hits a two-run shot to tie the game against the best closer in baseball mm-hmm. um, in his heyday. I'm just concerned about his legacy. I don't think he's much of a leader, Matt, but I think he's a good clubhouse guy. And maybe that's important when your team sucks yeah. and you need a, to have a good attitude and someone that, you know, makes you want to go to the ballpark and laugh and have fun and whatever when your your team is shit. So as, as Brad Pitt once said, as Billy Bean, why are you having fun? This This is fun? Mm-hmm. You're 20 games under 500. You're having fun. I totally agree. There's no fun in here. Yeah. Turn the shit around. You can have fun. We'll bring him back. We'll put his statue up there. We'll put his number up there, and they better do it a lot sooner than they did the disrespect and sweet sweet Lou. This isn't the time to have fun, guys. Yeah. You guys suck. This is an extremely disappointing, underperforming franchise. We're not bringing back the class clown because we haven't done anything right. Come on, Rashad, get us in a good mood. What's yeah. next? Uh, can we do the play of the week? What? Let me guess what the play of the week was. You know it. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. 
You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. Now it is time for our play of the week. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And the winner this week is from the beautiful game. Here's an opportunity for Bale. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale will score. Yes. Gareth Bale scores an amazing goal running from his own half through defenders and beating the keeper for LAFC in Major League Soccer, and it was voted by you as our play of the week. Matt, did you vote for it? <laughs> yes, he did. He our was going to go off here and say he didn't vote it and it didn't deserve, but we know in his heart that that was the best play in that pool. Remember to vote every Monday at Podcast <laughs> FFC on Twitter and Instagram. We'll reveal the results on Wednesday. Our play of the week. No overtime this brought week. Brought to you by we'll talk to you next week. Quality that shows. What a goal we shot. That was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, just, but I'm just watching Matt ready just, to wind up here and explode. See, like where Sean a, even knows. It's like pulling a string on a talking doll. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it was, a, it was a great running effort. He really ran real fast, didn't get touched at all, and ran past somebody and kicked it into a net the size of Manny's two-car garage. <laughs> Unbel- never seen it before in my life. Come on, Matt. After 10 yards, you'd be tired. You wouldn't be able to run with the ball that there way. Is, there is nothing. You find rule 7.1.3 on the play of the week that it has to be something we can do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, of those three, th- of the four options, the one I could do was the soccer one. I could run for a while and kick the ball into that net. I sure as shit ain't going to get a screamer down third base and play it on one knee and throw it through the air, in the air to first base to beat the guy at first. You'd still be running if you had the soccer ball and trying to cross oh, the field. Nobody touched that guy. They're probably not going to touch me either. This... <laughs> The, the one defender he got by got danced by a shadow. See, I thought Matt would change, John. He became the coach of a U5 soccer team this year. The Stingrays were very yes. good. I thought he would turn a corner and realize how beautiful the beautiful game is. Let me the tell game you, of football. Let me tell you something <laughs> about the U5 Stingrays. On Saturday at the Ford uh, Ford Test Track, I saw four better plays than that one (laughs) being played in our game. I saw a couple of opportunities where the one guy ran for a while and turned and the defender just fell over and then he kicked it in the net. I saw that happen three times. Record it next time. It all happened against us. That's why there's no winning. Was it Sideshow Bob again? (laughs) That kid's good. You got to watch that kid. What else you got, Rashad? <laughs> well, now let's talk about football. Last week we we debated the six game suspension to Deshaun Watson. Well, the oh, NFL. No. <laughs> I was going to say as long as it's not about Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Go ahead, John. <laughs> well, the NFL is appealing the arbitrator's decision, like we thought they might, and they want a year long suspension. What do you think of the appeal? No. Well, I told you guys, the league should be doing this. (laughs) Like, the league had no choice here. 
I don't know if they're going to win their appeal. However, they had to do this to show face. And as we talked about, maybe nothing will ever change. Mm-hmm. But they had to do this. This is an unbelievable system that the NFL has built. I want to make somebody else make a bad decision. It's not us. It's not on us. It's, that's her. She, she decided six weeks. Now I'm going to have the ability to appeal that after I get a few days and get some some temperature back from the people, see what yeah. everybody's thinking about it. Okay, no, I'm definitely appealing this. I'm embarrassed by this too. Oh well, nothing we can do. We did all we can. See you in week seven, but we're certainly not going to promote it at all in any of the primetime stuff that we talk about when we're tailing into week seven. Not on the NFL Network. We're not going to mention his name because it's disgusting what he did. Oh, no, no. We're not going to let him have the headlines at all. But it's the only primetime game that week, by the way. We've moved it to 8.30 so everybody can see Deshaun Watson return to the field. And we did our best. We really, really fought back against this. We asked her twice, once nicely. Can you just reconsider this? Maybe give him a whole year instead of six weeks no okay i mean we did all we could that's the that's the best we could do uh, welcome back uh, deshaun watson a week seven what are the odds that the nfl actually wins the appeal here zero you think it's zero, zero. because look at, dead the, zero? look at the other side you've now created this appeal process you can't turn back the first one you've done it's the same way that the, we did with the NFL, or we talked about the NFL the other way. You now have this new rule and an arbitrator that's going to decide this. So the first one, she can't be like, no, nah, you're right. We're going from six weeks to 17 weeks. Like, I think the best the NFL can ask for, the truly the very best, is they maybe add three more weeks to this. That, I think that is a win for the NFL, considering what this, this ruling was. It The appeal should be... He only got one year. It should be two. But I it, like the only way I think the NFL wins this or, or this goes over well in, in the PR battle is if she decides to go from six to nine weeks or something like that. But I don't think there's a chance in hell that they win a year. No way. I don't think they go to a year either. But no I do think I'm with you. I think they add a few more games. John? I'm kind of torn on this because I hate the NFL or sorry, the NHL and the way they do it, where you get a suspension and then you appeal to the guy who gave you the suspension. <laughs> yeah, super tired. Right. And then you see this system actually in practice and this is no better. I don't know what you do to make suspensions work in pro sports. How about this? This just kind of fits in. I just went to, to my favorite website, clevelandbrowns.com. Week nine is their bye week. Week 10, they come back. They're in Miami. So you suspend them for nine weeks, nine, nine weeks. games. Yep. One of them is a bye. One of them's in a bye. And then he's back for week 10. And then, oh, look at some of the. Then they're in Buffalo week 11. Tell me that's not going to be a big game. Oh, the next week they're hosting Tom Brady on Fox. Oh, you're telling me nobody's going to watch that who, one. Then who they are they the, in week 10? Week 10 is in Miami. Okay, so maybe they suspend him till week 10 for his true comeback against right. Buffalo, then they right? Got, then they're at Buffalo, home to Tampa, in Houston. Houston oh, still yeah. got a team? In Cincinnati. Against his former team. Like, come yeah. on. In it's, Cincinnati. It's writing itself here. Home to Baltimore, home to New Orleans, at Washington. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, this is... 
uh, this is probably going to go. This might be our most accurate prediction in the history of the show. show? In the history history of the the 143 episodes. Yeah, in the history of it. And it's, it's sickening. Well, Matt, you made that sound so appealing. I can't wait to see him come back and play that game. <laughs> Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire. And uh, just so you know, we're already at over 40 minutes. So <laughs> you guys could really put this over the top if you have some, some long answers. So now here. we're on rapid fire. Wait a minute. You want us to be rapid? Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> For all that is holy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have a few listener questions to get to. This one is from Albert in Windsor, who asks whether we're going to watch Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions. Debuted last night, Tuesday night. That's right. Yeah. Jamal Williams' speech, though. Oh, yeah. Just when you thought Hard Knocks was getting boring, Jamal Williams comes over the top with a steel chair. Stuff. That was great stuff. That's a- Dan Campbell's press conference yeah. that they show at the beginning. It's good stuff. Oh, I, I love Hard Knocks. I watch every year. It's neat that it's going to be the local uh, the local team for, for us here in Windsor. So, yeah, absolutely, I'll be watching it. Ah, hit and miss, John, for me. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to dedicate my every Tuesday night to watching Hard Canadian Knocks. TV? I think so. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was like afterwards or something. It was. It's on they replay everything yeah, like two or three times. It's right? on T's, uh, Tuesday on HBO, right? So I'm going to assume maybe it's the next day or something like that. It's in Canada. But... Anyway, come on, Rashad. Let's go. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Milverton wants to know what we think of the eight year, $10.5 million a season contract signed by Jonathan Uberdo of the Calgary Flames. That's a hell of a lot of money. Ten and a half million a year. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that the reason why he had such a great year in Florida last year was because they were the president's trophy winners. They had a really good team. Yeah. Calgary's lineup is not the Florida Panthers lineup. Mm-hmm. And you're paying him ten and a half million on average for eight more years. Speaking of contracts that are going to get old very quickly. Uh, I think this one, the Flames, maybe the Flames had to overpay instead of going into a rebuild, right? To tell its fans, hey, we're not a full rebuild here. We got Huber Doe. Yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get going here again. But I think they're gonna come to regret this. So do I. And I think sooner than later. I I think this is one of those uh, perfect examples of a of a contract that you're paying a guy for what he's done before and not necessarily what he's going to do. Um, there are two very different settings. The 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 price seems like it's something that it's almost like um, you're, you're trying to make your ex girlfriend a little jealous. So you throw even a little bit more uh, money yeah, at him yeah. instead of Goudreau. Uh, you know, there's there's something a little bit kind of uh, make sure that that we know that this is you know now we're going to add the the double digits on there for for Huberto because he's going to stay and you know we're going to be loyal to him and that's fine and they both spend end in O so everybody can just tape over part of their jersey when they they bought and, and type Huberto in front of it instead. But that's yeah, a lot of money and I always still go back to and I never know if the the stat is accurate anymore or not because I know it was I'd heard it a few years older but the, or a few years ago but what was the no player with a 10 million dollar cap hit has ever made it past the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs no it's never won a cup because never won a cup okay 
or so, beyond the first round or, or whatever it is. Carey yeah. Price so, came close. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Carey Price is probably the one then. And yeah. then after that, yeah, there's, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know who he's going to be looking around uh, and seeing in that locker room uh, at all at this point with, with the current Flames team. And I'm not quite sure they're, they're uh, turning the corner anytime soon. I really like this question. Don in Chatham wants to know what we think of the Field of Dreams jerseys unveiled this week for the Cubs and the Reds when they play on Thursday. I like them. I really do, actually. Um, we put it on our social media accounts, too. If you want to follow us at Podcast FFC or for future considerations, I like the Reds better than the Cubs. That's just me personal. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think the, the Cubs... C that's like a mix of the bears and the reds and the, the actual bear on on the hat. No, I'm thumbs up for for both of them. The only thing that I thought was a little bit strange and and maybe I just ra- saw the wrong thing, but they both look like home whites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, one's like, a cream color, one's a traditional white, right? So but but they're playing cuz you know, the Yankees the first year still had the grays, the White Sox had the old whites. Yeah. But are they both wearing whites cuz that doesn't make a ton of sense it to me. It doesn't but. make a ton of sense. I don't know if those were just the re- like revealed ones or or what. So that one kind of throw I like both jerseys standing alone on their own, but I'm going to find that very difficult to watch if that's what they're actually wearing in the game. I am going to watch too. Like last year's game was great. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anything can top last no, year's for game. sure, for sure. But I will watch definitely. We also received this question from Mike in Windsor after the death of one of the greatest announcers ever, Vin Scully. Mike wants to know who we liked better, Vin Scully or Ernie Harwell. Oh, oh my wow. god! You're asking. This is I, like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, like or Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. If right? this like, is if this is Mike in Windsor. I, I know there's no debate for him, and there's no debate for me. It's I grew up listening to Ernie Harwell. I went to bed listening to Ernie Harwell. I got into radio because I like Ernie Harwell. Vin Scully is probably the best storyteller I've ever heard of any person in the history of humanity, but Ernie Harwell all day long. I don't think you can decide between the two. Yeah. Like, Why can't you say both are great? They are. They are tremendous. Uh, but I do agree with your comparison there. As a Tigers fan, you love Ernie Harwell, but Vin Scully may be the best storyteller of all yeah, time. Yeah. What about you, John? Um, see, I'm not familiar enough with Ernie Harwell. I heard a little bit of him, obviously, when I was living in that area, but I've listened to Vin Scully for years. Like, I got the MLB app because of Vin Scully, and I would fall asleep listening to the first four innings of Dodgers games when he would still do them on the radio. So I'm, I'm Vin Scully all the way. But I have to say, I don't know enough of Ernie Harwell's greatest calls to, to make a comparison. And I still remember that too, John, and, and uh, I would do the same thing. I'd, I'd have my phone on and I'd listen to, to Dodger games on the app and I'd fall asleep. And, and I always woke up at whatever time it was, 1245 or like 110 or something like that. I'm like, what the hell? why am I awake? Because it was a different voice. Yeah. It was a yeah. different guy. It was a different yeah. voice. And it was every single day until I was told that I'm not allowed to listen to this game anymore because you always wake up at one in the morning confused. <laughs> <laughs> and I wake up. I'm still listening to who's this guy talking? Who's in? Who else is in the room? Don't worry about him. It's just not Vince Vin anymore. You know, there's been some <laughs> tremendous baseball movies here. I know we're not being rapid anymore, John. Here, but Vince Scully in the movie for the love of the game. Yeah, yeah. Right with Kevin yep. Costner. Yep. Just great. Yep. 
just great. Even him reading that it wasn't that long ago. Was that did he do it at the Hall or the the World uh, or the uh, Field of Dreams game where oh, he read yeah, uh, yeah. the uh, People Will Come speech yeah. and all that? Yeah, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now what you've been waiting for, pump it or dump it. And if you remember, <laughs> we're playing pre-90s classics and wondering if we would still play the songs at a party today. We've had a lot of submissions. This one is from Scott in Sundridge, who says he's submitting this one because of the concert in Toronto with Poison, Joan Jett, Motley Crue, and this band. That song is Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard, released all the way back in 1987. So, fellas, pump it or dump it? Oh, this is a pump. Like, a thousand percent pump. Like, it's not even close. I heard they were great at the concert. Oh, yeah? In Toronto. They were great in Detroit. I heard Motley Crue not so much. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I heard the years caught up to Motley yeah, Crue yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But that's a big pump. Oh, I'm not going to any party that's not allowed to play this song. Right. This is a hot, sticky, sweet, from my head to my feet pump. (laughs) (laughs) It's unanimous because my brother, he loved Def Leppard and he got me into them at a young age. I love this song too. So it's unanimous. Bump for me is great. Yeah. Keep them coming. Uh, that, that, Keep that's them a coming. great one. That's that's a great. See, now, look, everybody's in a great mood. Yeah. After that, we're all uh, laughing, listening to that song. That, that's great. Where's Kiefer? I miss <laughs> Kiefer. <laughs> and that does it for this debate. No, not so soon. Oh. you got to have one more question for us. And no need for overtime this week. <laughs> this is our only episode of the week. John's looking around. I don't think there is. Is there another, is there another question to ask? <laughs> <laughs> Which color is better, blue or red? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know what was great about at the at the radio station? We do the morning show. We try to be a little edgy and try to uh, try to get some debate going and get some people calling in and stuff. Nobody was listening, anyways. Who cares? But we we'd ask some <laughs> controversial question like, oh, "What do you think about whatever?" Not a single call would come in. We asked somebody what their favorite color is. You'd get one person that would call in and say red, and then the phone lines would blow up. Who the hell has a favorite color that's red? It's orange all the way. Orange? Are you kidding me? Well, Black's <laughs> not even a color. How can that? Seriously. When I did the talk show with Owen Sound, it was the same thing. Mind-boggling. Should Canada get involved in the war in Iraq? Yeah. Or... or how do you hang your toilet paper over or under? Oh, which which one do you think the phone lines lit up for? How do you fold your toilet paper? Over. Over. Rashad, do you do fold your toilet paper over? See, my mom was always an under, but my wife is an over, so I've had to switch back okay. to over. I don't know if Rashad's. Wait ever- a minute! Wait a minute! You okay. go against your mother? Well. <laughs> I'm not sure Rashad's ever started a role and been able to keep it on there. So. Hey, you eat a lot, you know. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure he's right to the cardboard. <laughs> hey, when you got a mess, you gotta clean up. Or some sugar. <laughs> when you've been to the Pizza Hut buffet that day. <laughs> that or poor you're... office bathroom. <laughs> or you leave it in hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> What a great episode. Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> Listen, we're always posting on social media, too. We're not just having fun in here. We post on social media all the time. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. For future considerations on Facebook. Watch for some information on our Fantasy Football League. And stay tuned. It'll be Monday that we release which soccer video is going to be better than any <laughs> other play we've ever seen of a guy that just runs for a little bit. And hey, do you have any uh, show or guest suggestions? Or questions for an upcoming debate, something that'll make Matt angry, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Here are the following topics that will piss me off. I'm actually going to email and ask for more soccer plays. <laughs> you know, we don't talk enough about, hey, the Premier League just got started. Hey, here we go. I know, that Liverpool tied. Yeah, baby. Liverpool tied in their first game. That's so good. Jurgen's going to be upset. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode, our two sponsoring companies, both huge soccer fans. They are. London Awnings, quality that shows... Shane Topolovic, too, of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. In fact, get in touch with Shane. He has his kids' soccer camps every Friday in Windsor for the month of August. I saw Shane on Saturday at the Ford Test Track before our soccer game. He had a circle of about 30 people around, and he was telling all of his soccer war stories, and literally none of them were true. (laughs) (laughs) But he... Talk about the Vin Scully of soccer. Just a story spinster, that guy. (laughs) Did he say he ran across the field, beat a couple of defenders, and scored a goal? The best play you've seen all week. I ran and I kicked the ball for a bit, and then I turned, and then I kicked it in the net. (laughs) John, what a great episode. You are are putting together some gems here, buddy. Guys, I hope you guys are in as good a mood as we are now as we wrap things up and close the book on episode 143 with anticipation of what 144 will bring us next week. Thank you for listening. (laughs) And enjoy the upcoming Spirited Weekend on your hosts for future considerations. What was that? That's what they call in the business an extra. <laughs> Start the music. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.